a lot of people have these viral beliefs, you know, I can't get this or I'm not big enough or my company doesn't offer the right product. And if you have that kind of belief and you don't visualize what I call your vital belief, the positive outcome, there's a good chance you're not going to get the deal. This is Outside Sales Talk, the best podcast for outside salespeople. I'm your host, Steve Benson, and we're here to chat with the world's top sales experts so that you can get their best sales tactics to level up your game. Welcome back to Outside Sales Talk. Today, I've got Steve Siskold with us, and we're going to talk about whole body intelligence, ways to increase your confidence and your sales success. Welcome to the show, Steve. Thank you, Steve. Good to be here. So by way of introduction, uh, Steve is an author, speaker, and coach, and uh, the book he wrote, Whole Body Intelligence, Get Out of Your Head and Into Your Body to Achieve Greater Wisdom, Confidence, and Success, uh, was is super cool, and I'm really excited to be uh, finding out the wisdom that he has for us today here. Um, so Steve, first, first question. Um, Anxiety levels uh, these days are extremely high, uh, and you talk about seven ways, seven tips to reduce stress. Could you, could you tell our, our uh, listeners about those seven ways and how to use them? Absolutely, Stephen. You know, I was in outside sales, so I can relate, and I think a big part of my success in outside sales, I sold business equipment before that. I was a number one out of 500, not to brag, but to prove that so much of it was an internal game for me that it wasn't just about the product I was in advertising and so forth, but it really had to do with my preparation before I walked into every sale, things like that. So I'd like to share with you what I call my rebooting technique. We, you know, what do we do when our computers are not up to speed? We reboot, right? Best is turn it off, start it over. So my rebooting technique, those seven steps, pretty much step one, and it's going to sound funny, but it seems to be the hardest one for people, is to make a commitment, meaning make a commitment to really place your attention here, not just out here, because people will pick up on it. And that was a big part of my success is that before I walked into any sales call or even the people say, oh, you'll never sell a book. Uh, I've sold three to major publishers. And all of that really, I believe, came from, the preparation work that I'm going to teach you. So the first one is make commitment, like put your stuff away. You know, people say, yeah, I'm listening and I can hear something in the background, shuffler in their mail. So make a commitment to just go deep within, you know, and say for the next five minutes or so, seven minutes, I'm going to really prepare myself for this sales call or whatever you're going to do. And the second step is to breathe. And the reason I say that is because breathing not only relaxes you, but if you breathe way up in your chest, you're in your sympathetic nervous system, which is stressful and tense, and people pick that up. So I would sit in sales calls and just sit back and breathe in way down in my belly, filling it up through my nose and just kind of ah, to myself. And what I noticed is my customers relaxed. They would say, hey, I like that. Um, you look relaxed, and they like to be around me. And a lot of sales is people want to feel comfortable. They want to be around you. So getting that commitment first and then breathing, next thing I do is I scan my body. The worst thing to do in a sales call is to be fidgeting, to be shaking your leg, to be hunched over. You know, so you want to be 
relax and check. You know, I call it like scanning, like you scan anything. So what I do is I scan my body and I notice, oh, wow, I was tense or I'm leaning forward or whatever. And then I'll declare that to myself kind of out loud. You know, I'll say something like, I'm noticing my breath is a little shallow. Let's change that. Or I'm noticing I'm leaning towards the customer. <laughs> Let me sit back and be a little more relaxed. And uh, my customers thank me all the time. They, they kind of pick up on where you're coming from and, and what you're emitting. Uh, so I would declare that to myself, you know, what I was noticing. And then I would take act. You know, step five is take an action. My action might be sitting back. My action might be uncrossing my legs. My action might be looking at my customer instead of my papers. So really take time to breathe, scan your body, you know, see what you're noticing in your body. And then the next would be to visualize. And I would always visualize this person's going to like what I have to say. People said, you'll never sell a book when I had meetings with publishers. I was always visualizing them saying yes. Even if some said no, I was always visualizing walking out of there with that deal. When I was in sales, the same thing. People would say, oh, don't go to that client. Don't go to AT&T or those big clients. They're too big. I go, no, they're not too big for me. And I'm going to visualize us connecting and them buying what I want. And that's how I became very successful in outside sales. And then the last thing I would do is just make sure that I'm fully centered again uncrossing my legs, um, you know, noticing my shoulders if they're up, I would relax them. And uh, again, I really feel like I was selling business equipment. Most of us had the same business equipment. The difference was there was a certain ease that people felt, which equaled trust. And then when they trust you, they feel, well, this is the person that's going to take care of me when I need them. And I think that was a lot, uh, that, that seven-step prep uh, really was a big part of my success. And, and I still use it when I go in to see a publisher, when I'm on an interview before I met with you today, uh, I did those seven steps so I could be really, you know, clear and focused and ready for this interview. So what do you think? Yeah, that, I mean, I think, you know, it's, it's an action, it's an action sequence of self-awareness. And uh, I think for some people, being relaxed and self-aware is natural and for other people it's a it's something that um it can really be learned and you can go through a process like this and, and learn how to relax your body relax your mind be focused on the moment and uh and and uh, and, and it's going to improve your sales process I, I think a lot of things that people say oh this person's a natural in sales this person is just you know <laughs> it really you can be born just like a you know calm relaxed person then and that, and that helps but all of these things like someone is a natural at they're all <laughs> learnable skills and none of them are you know like i was going to say rocket science but i guess that's also a learnable skill <laughs> <laughs> but but you you could you can train yourself with an exercise like this to to do better at that well, One, you know, the other thing Steve, just before i forget is you're more aware of your customer so if my customer looks busy why talk? You know, I might check in and go, hey, is now a good time? Because the more I'm aware here, the more I'm aware of what my customer is doing, whether it's the phone or if I'm in front of them. And, and often that was really key. They would go, wow, you were really observant. Yeah, sorry. I, can I get this one thing out of the way? I go, that's perfect. Because I want their attention. Mm -hmm. And if they're doing something that I'm aware of, instead of just talking and selling, 
then we really have a connection. And, and that happened often where somebody would be looking down or thinking and they would say, wow, thank you. Yeah, I just need another minute. And I go, no problem. So you're, you're here, but you're also staying aware so you can you know, not talk while they're shuffling a paper or they're looking at your brochure. It's, it's really being awake to the process and the communication between the two of you or four of you or whatever the group is. Yeah, I think that's a really important thought. Uh, you know, we're all slaves to our little uh, buzzing devices in our pockets and uh, some people are much more so than others. I, mean, I, I turn off all the, all the vibrations and beeps and buzzes myself, but a lot of people, you know, they, they ding for every email and like feel like they have to, and maybe, and maybe it's a cult, you know, the corporate culture in some places, like you're really supposed to be, you know, on, responding in two minutes to any, if you're, if your boss IMs you or whatever. Um, but other, you know, so if, if you're in a meeting with someone like that, none of us can really multitask. We just think we can. If you're in a meeting and someone, you know, someone is responding to their, to their, the buzzing in their pocket, then I, I love, I love what you just did there where you said, it, you know, is now a good time? Or if you just pause and say, Oh, do you, it's, it's totally fine. If you need to take care of that, like I'll, I'm, I'm chill. I'll wait. I've got, you know, what, yeah, what and I'm noticing, you know? you know, I'm not just talking and giving you my pitch, but I'm really wanting a connection. Uh, mm -hmm. So you can be very present. So you're ready. And also I can, uh, share what I brought today. And, and it's just a builds rapport. It, it, remember, as you know, in sales, people are watching. They're watching you. And if you're going to be in a relationship with them, uh, speaking too fast, um, shaking your leg, not listening, not watching, the timing, the pause. I'm constantly saying to my clients, whoa, that was a great thing, but take a pause in between because I couldn't absorb it. You know, give me a minute to absorb it. And I think that's one of the mistakes, Steve, that a lot of salespeople miss. Give your client a chance to absorb what you just said. And the easiest way is to go, so do you have any questions about that? Or did, did, was that clear? And they love that because they're realizing like you really want them to hear what you have to say and vice versa. And that's presence. And that's the key to sales for me. And one a thing you said a couple minutes ago jumped out at me that I, I wanted to dive a little deeper on. You, sure. you mentioned visualizing your success. Talk to me about how you how do you go about visualizing success for the customer and and and, I, I, and how that affects the sales cycle or affects your ability to close. Like you mentioned AT and T and you're, you're sure. saying, oh, that's too big a customer. You can't, you can't be successful there selling to those guys. Right. How, how would you go about visualizing that? What does that mean to you? Well, I think what that means to me, that's a great question, Steve. Um, what that means to me is if you, you'll probably see in my work, I talk about kinds of beliefs. And one is a viral belief, which means like, oh, I'm not going to get the sale. They're too big. Oh, there are too many books on the marketplace. How many people said to me, oh, you'll never sell a book in today's market. I've sold three major publishers. It wasn't, I mean, of course it was the book proposal and the work I did, but so much of it had for me visualizing, this is a good publisher. We're going to have a good relationship. Um, I'm going to be really clear in how I present uh, what my book's about. 
And sometimes I would feel the opposite, like, hey, I don't know that this is the publisher I want to work with. They didn't seem to get what I had to say. So before I do anything or, or walk in or get on a radio or TV interview or anything, I just close my eyes for a minute. I take some breaths and relax and I visualize what I want to have happen in this moment or this interview or this sale. It's so important because it gives you an idea of where you're going, what you believe. And like I said, a lot of people have these viral beliefs, you know, I can't get this or I'm not big enough or my company doesn't offer the right product. And if you have that kind of belief and you don't visualize what I call your vital belief, the positive outcome, there's a good chance you're not going to get the deal. So for me, every time I go to see a client or a publisher or something that's really important, I visualize the outcome before I walk in. And I'm kind of, if you will, I'm in that mode, like it's already happened. I visualize how it's going to go. And I take some time to do that. Plus, just visioning, you know, like take a moment to breathe and relax and you know, visualize your body relaxed, visualize your client listening. It just makes a difference for me. It really does. It's, it's like I'm seeing ahead and noticing what I want versus kind of going in there and winging it and, and, and finding out later if that makes sense. Yeah, that, that completely makes sense. You, you talk about uh, in your book, life is not meant to be an out-of-body experience. What, what do you mean by that? And, uh, and how can, that we, how, how can sa field salespeople use that concept to, to help what they do? Well, again, I think it's, it's similar to some things I've said, and, and even more so is, you know, we're, we're watching TV. We're looking at our computer screens. We're looking here. We're looking there. And we don't know that we're shaking our leg. We don't know that we're gripping our fist. We're so unaware because we're out of our body. We're pretty much out of our body often, especially today with all the technology and all the uh, news changing and tensions. And so often we're so unaware that we are in this body and our expression, our communication, our sales pitch, whatever it is, is not just what's coming out of our mouth. It's coming out of our enthusiasm in our body, our relaxation in our body. Uh, when we talk about our product, if we make a funny face, if we seem to be a lack of confidence, it's picked up. So life often is an out-of-body experience. Most of the time, including myself, I have to catch it. When I'm working with clients, I notice that they're not really breathing. They're not feeling. They don't notice. They're like two people. They're in their mind speaking, and they don't realize that things are going on here. So try to stay in the body more through exercise, breathing exercises, visualization, and just reminding yourself like, oh, wow, I wasn't breathing for the last three minutes. Um, oh, wow, I'm shaking my leg. Oh, wow, I'm hunched down while I'm speaking confidently about something. And uh, unfortunately, more and more with what's happening in, in our technologies and our laptops all the time and our phones and stuff, most of us are out of our bodies quite a bit. And I feel like that really impacts for the outside salesperson. Again, get in your body. Gosh, I was always sitting in the waiting room until they called me in, breathing, relaxing, noticing. It could be the smallest thing, but I would catch it 
and rewire it. Like, hey, I want to walk in relaxed. Oh, this is unbuttoned or whatever it was. Be aware because your full expression is not just your words, but your body language. Body language is key when it comes to sales. Absolutely. Yeah, I've read, I forget what the exact stat was, but it's like 50% of communication. I don't it's not 50. I'm making that number up. I forget what it is, but <laughs> there, there was some huge percentage of communication was actually nonverbal um, in, in terms of what people actually take away. And especially like the emotions they get from it, like things like, do I trust this person? It's less for things like that. Sometimes it's less about what you say and more about your body language. Absolutely. Because you're communicating and if someone is hearing you speak about your product and there's some doubt in your face, probably not going to get the deal. Yeah. So, you know, first of all, again, work on that belief that you might not have about your product. Oh, mine's not as good, not as fast, whatever. That's, you need to clear that or you need to figure that out. You don't want to go in there and fake it. And then secondly, uh, again, make sure that when you're communicating, you're communicating with enthusiasm and you're, you're right there with your client. It's, it's, it's just a whole body experience, which is whole body intelligence, not just the brain. You know, we have intelligence in every cell of our body. Things happened. They're in there. Uh, the last sale makes you feel good. The last rejection might not make you feel good. You want to clear those before you speak about it with someone because they'll pick that up. Absolutely. And, you, in your book, you talk about, um, you say we're in an IQ-based culture, and you, you coined a, a different term for another type of intelligence, uh, BQ. Can you tell us about BQ, and what, what is it, and how, uh, how can a salesperson out in the field leverage their BQ to help them connect with their prospects and customers? Thank you. Good question. Well, again, you know, we all know about our IQ, right? There's tests and how smart we are and, and uh, how, uh, how much in, you know, we can say that sounds intelligent. Of course, a term that's become kind of popular right now is EQ, emotional intelligence. Um, people weren't aware of their emotions. People weren't aware uh, of what they were uh, portraying when they were talking about, you know, if you're emotional and you're excited and you're, you're authentic, people are really going to want to work with you and, and buy from you. The thing I noticed was missing was that not being aware of my body language or things that happened yesterday or this morning uh, that might still be living in my body. Uh, so I search for answers, not just in my mind and not just in my emotional body, but my physical body. Like, huh, why was I feeling tense when that person said that? That's good information I need to know. So I'll breathe and I'll listen. I might feel something. I might put my hand on that area and go, huh, oh yeah. The body remembers everything. That's what I think people don't know. And that's why I've written books, What's Your Body Telling You? Whole Body Intelligence. Because your body has a memory. It's called cellular memory. It's in the body. And sometimes you won't realize but something that triggers that memory or something that's similar to that memory, you'll feel it in your body and you can relax it. But if you're not aware of it, then your body will start to speak that tension or that fear or that memory. It's a great, an unbelievable uh, source for me or a resource for me when I'm writing books, when I'm putting together anything 
to listen to my body and to go in there because my body's been there from day one, Steve. It, it has memories, it has intelligence, it has experiences. And to just work from here up, we're missing a whole library. I call it the library of your flesh. There's a library in there. And as you learn, and in my books and the work I do, I help people access that. And bam, they might go, oh, that's why I was afraid. I'm not really afraid now. I was afraid because I was holding my breath because somewhere in my body memory, there's something that is starting to come up. Let me get to that information. Let me breathe and release and move that information out so I can walk into my sales call present and I can be aware if, if a customer says something, something gets triggered, which happens for me when I'm in there with a publisher and we're talking about my book and they might say something. I might go, oh, my stomach's a little tight. Let me relax. Ah, oh, I see what that was. Yeah, the last time I got rejected by a publisher, et cetera, et cetera. And then I become present. You see what I'm saying? So it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's a, a source that we're not using enough of uh, for amazing amount of information from the past that we can access. It might be something you're feeling in your chest. It might be something, how come when she says that, you know, my shoulders go up? And then you can learn from that and clear that and use your body as, as, as another way to, to learn about yourself and learn about things that might help you make the sale. And uh, it, this might be related. In your book, you also talk to um, how we've formed viral beliefs that can date all the way back to our childhood. T tell me about, what are, first of all, what are viral beliefs and how do they affect us? And then how do viral beliefs uh, impact field salespeople and how they sell? Mm -hmm. Well, like I said, it's like when you catch a virus, it's something that's in your system and it doesn't feel good. So a viral belief might be, um, you know, my company isn't big enough to, um, to, to get this deal. Or in my case, oh, well, people want to hear about body intelligence. Well, people want to hear that, that, that their body's going to make a difference in their sales call or in their ability, ability to succeed. Um, and if I start to think, no, you know, it's not relevant or, gee, that last time I talked to that person, they thought it was ridiculous. That's a viral belief. That's like a virus that lives in me that says what I have, what I'm offering, what I'm speaking about uh, isn't going to get me the result or isn't as good as it might be. So I work on changing that to a vital belief. What I have to offer is going to help a lot of people, even if they don't know what I'm talking about yet. I, I'm eloquent enough. I can put it in words to get it across. And I think a lot of people do that. When I was selling business equipment, uh, my biggest competitors were like Xerox, obviously. They were bigger. I was with a company that was big but smaller. A lot of salespeople that I trained had that viral belief. Well, I'm not Xerox. Well, I'm not, uh, my machine isn't as fast. Uh, my machine isn't as well known. But that belief kept a lot of the salespeople from succeeding. My belief was, okay, I'm with Konica, I'm with Royal. That's not, I mean, they're big names, but it's not Xerox. So I'm going to go in there and believe that maybe, uh, they're going to get rid of Xerox. And they would tell me, yeah, we've had Xerox for six years. We just got rid of 37 of them. Um, we're looking for something new. Bing. 
Bingo. See, that viral belief would have kept me from going in or believing that I could have that opportunity or sell that book in a new subject matter that hadn't been talked about before. Versus the vital belief is that somebody will buy this book, somebody will buy this machine. What I have to offer and me servicing will give them what they need. And that I'm guarantee will make a difference in your sales out there. Get help with those beliefs. Use a coach. Um, talk to your sales manager. Work on where they came from because a lot of times they're not even real. They're not even present. They're things from our past. If you got rejected in relationship, you start dating, you think you're going to get rejected again. You know, If you got rejected by one big client, you might think a viral belief, all clients are going to reject me. Those are the kind of beliefs we want to get out of our system like a virus and bring some more wellness into ourselves and say, you know, yes, I have what people need and I'll learn and I'll grow and I'll keep practicing how to get it across, but I will succeed. And that took me to the top in, in most fields. And, and I'm happy to say that because it was as much about my belief system as much as the products. One of the cornerstones of your work is a technique called SET. What is SET, S-E-T, and, and how does it work? Well, SET stands for self-evident truth, which is what we've been talking about a lot today. Is that in me, I have the ability to listen and go inside for what's true, as I just explained. So I just called it SET because it's a self-evident truth. You take a moment, you take a breath, and you ask yourself, you know, is what I'm saying true to me? Is it self-evident? Is it something I believe in and feel within me so that you don't share things that aren't true? I find, Steve, unfortunately, salespeople say things that either they don't believe in or they think the customer wants to hear, but they're going to find out later that it wasn't true. So. I always clear within myself, my own self-evidence within myself, is this true for me? Is it self-evident? Do I feel it from head to toe? Um, am I 100% confident? You know, people selling equipment would say, you know, yeah, um, and they weren't sure, but they say, yeah, 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 we can do that. Or yeah, ours is as uh, good quality as the other ones. Or oh yeah, mine is faster. That's not true. So check in, make sure before you say something, that you are finding evidence within yourself. It's a self-evident truth, and you're able to say it with 100% confidence that it'll never come back at you. And I'm proud to say in sales, that worked, because I never said anything I couldn't, and I was fine to say, you know what? That machine is faster. However, look at the quality of that copy and my copy. So you might lose some speed, but you're gonna gain quality. That's the kind of salesperson I am and I want people to be because you're going to get a better result, much better than trying to make up stuff, um, saying something that might not be true. Verify it here. Verify it with yourself first. If it's not true, don't lack the confidence just to go, no, you're right. They have that. We don't. We might have one in a year. But right now, if that's what you need, and you know, people loved when I would say that. If that's what you need, I want you to have that. However, I've got a few other things I can show you. They'll go, wow, <laughs> you know, this guy's like, I trust him. And that's really always my goal. 
tell the truth. Uh, you'll, you'll get a better result. Even if you think you won't get the deal, you might build a relationship. Absolutely. And, I, and this kind of you know, reminds me of something that I've advised people in the past. Who, you know, if, if you can't speak truthfully and honestly about your product and feel good about it, like, or, or if you, if you have to like say things that aren't true to make the sale, it, it's compromising your integrity and you're better off selling something else. Right. Um, that's true too. You, you don't want to sell people lemons and, and, uh, Very good and, and, and in general, in the modern world, I think it's about, you know, if companies are selling lemons that, you know, the internet figures that out and puts it on there and then, you know, you screw over your customers and then they, they talk about it and, and there's all these platforms now for people to talk about it. And, and so people, people will find that, that, that you're not selling a good product or that it's not a good company. And, and so you're, you're, you'll get in trouble anyway, if you, if you stay. So as soon as you know, Hey, this thing is not, this, I, I'm, I, it's compromising my integrity to solve this, uh, to sell this product. I feel like you're better off to start looking for something else to sell right then, because there's a lot of things to sell and a lot of them create value and you're better off spending your time on the things that create value than, than selling lemons. See, that's a self-evident truth. That's something within you, you have an integrity level. If it's not self-evident to you, then what I'm hearing is you're not going to say it or share it or make up something to get the deal because it's going to come back at you. And that's the kind of thing I would constantly do, especially when I was selling business equipment or when I'm selling a book or something to a publisher or I do a lot of speaking gigs. Um, I'm just going to be me. I mean, I'm not going to promise somebody that I'm going to speak about something or woo the audience with something that's not me. And that way, if I don't get the deal, I don't get the deal. But if I do get the deal or I do get the speaking gig, then I'm 100% confident to deliver what I promised. And I think that gives me an edge because I'm more relaxed. Um, I'm happier when I get up on the stage and people feel it. And I know when I get off that stage, everything I said and promised, um, they will find will come to fruition. And that, that makes me feel good and makes them feel good. It's, it's really, especially nowadays, for many reasons, uh, trust, trust, authenticity, those are key. You've gotta, you've gotta be trusted by your customer. You have to be authentic, even if it means you're afraid you're gonna lose the deal. And rapport, eye, eye to eye, look at your customer. Again, be aware of your body language and notice what they're doing. And I have no problem, Steve, saying, hey, I noticed when I said that, um, you kind of tighten up a little bit. If you don't mind, I'd love to know what that's about. You know, most people would never say that. They'd be so afraid. But I've always gotten a great response from that. They go, wow, thank you. I mean, I, I remember one of my biggest clients, I'm talking about like thousands of machines, uh, came from me. Uh, asking those kind of questions to a very, very big executive. And she was like, wow, you got a lot of guts. And I appreciate that. You noticed something going on for me and you inquired and, and you asked. And um, most people wouldn't. Thank you. So I just figured there's nothing to lose at that point. And in fact, it's actually almost become a technique for me because I find that it builds rapport and trust and usually gets me what I want. 
Um, and I think too many salespeople, unfortunately, you know, there's a, a reputation for salespeople that, that that piece is missing to be able to, to, to say whatever is true for you and uh, let the customer feel like what they say is important and you heard it versus trying to, oh, no, no, you know, trying to talk them out of it. I don't do that. I just listen and I go, I appreciate that. Usually it's good to repeat back to someone, let me make sure I heard what you said. So what you're saying is you want 11 by 17 or what you want is you want a book and you want a certain amount of exercises in it. Is that correct? Yes, thanks for hearing me. Okay. Now it's up to me then to be honest and go, well, you know what? My book actually has exercises in every chapter. Uh, or my book has no exercises, which isn't true. It does. But you see what I'm saying? It's, it's that kind of listening and ability to really build that kind of a relationship right from the beginning through how you speak and what you respond. And don't be afraid to ask customers if they look like they're thinking something or they're pausing. And the other day I was talking to uh, someone and I told her this was a client and I said, you know, what you were teaching, she had me listen to one of her seminars. I said, was great. But I have to tell you the truth. You took no pauses. You gave people no chance to absorb anything that you said. Now, she could have said, oh, heck with you. But she said, wow, thank you. Nobody's ever said that to me before. I said, I believe that's affecting your, your uh, income and your output because, and, and the people that are coming to you because you have great information but you never give us a chance to take it in. And I was the first person to say that. That's authenticity. That's, self yeah, that's my truth. If she mm -hmm. would have said, I don't want you to, to be my coach anymore, okay. But that's the kind of, I always say to people, you hired me to be your coach. I'm trying to tell you, you speak too fast. There's no pauses. Slow it down a little bit. Give the people an opportunity to, take in what you said before you go to the next point. And she was thankful. Yeah. I mean, that's, and that's what a great coach does. I mean, for sure. You, you, uh, you, you gotta be honest with people or else they're not going to get anything out of it. Right. Um, or not get as, as much as they could have. Well, I think um, sometimes coaches think they're, they're there to pat them on the back and I've worked with, you've seen my list of people, you know, some coaches of professional teams or, a VP of some organization. Everybody's the same to me, Steve. I'm either going to do my work authentically and help them by giving them what I see, my reflection in a kind, in a kind constructive way, or I'm not a good coach. That's where I'm at. That's where I come from. If you hire me as a coach, just like, uh, you know, I'm in sports, you see a coach pull somebody aside and tell them what they're doing that's not working and then they go back in and change it. It's the same thing for us coaches as well. Yeah, I think that's highly applicable as well to uh, management or um, coaching, any kind of leadership. I think that, that type of authenticity is really important and, and willingness to, to give the hard feedback. Absolutely. From head to toe, from what they might be wearing, from their body language, from how they said it to not giving their customer an opportunity to take in what they just said. All of that made me a good sales manager when I was managing in, in sales. And I feel like it, it helps me be a better coach today. Uh, just say what you notice and don't worry about 
making them happy or sad, your job in any kind of sales is to point out the benefits and the features and give it a moment for them to take it in. And then if they have a question or they have something to say about it, just be honest. No, we don't do that. But here's what we do do. And I think there, you'll, you'll get much better uh, results by being that kind of an authentic listener and somebody who shows they care. Yeah, now you have a chapter in the book um, on how to boost relationship mojo. Mm -hmm. Tell me about what relationship mojo is and how can being more in touch with our bodies help us build relationships as salespeople? Thank you. Well, I think in personal and business and especially in sales relationships, it's kind of like what we've been talking about, you know, your mojo, your, your juice, your energy and rapport. So if you're all high up and all hyped up and your client's kind of laid back, that's not a good relationship mojo. That's not a good relationship building. You're, you're not where they are. I'm who I am, but I also try to match my customer. So relationship mojo, just like any chemistry, right, is when two people are vibing, two people are listening, they're looking at each other, they're hearing each other, um, they're taking turns speaking. You do all the talking and they don't, it's not a good relationship mojo. Um, they say something important, but you talk about the next thing, it's not a good relationship mojo. Good relationship mojo or rapport is when it's a two-way conversation. You take time and not long, try to be brief, say what you say, and then sit back and listen. Often, I repeat, so let me make sure I heard what you said. And they go, oh, yeah, thank you. Okay, great. Anything else? That's relationship mojo. It's two-way. Steve, I'm sure you see this. I saw so often coaching salespeople. It wasn't two-way. They went in, they did their dance, and somebody was just exhausted or didn't really get a chance to ask questions or take anything in. So relationship mojo is rapport back and forth, listening, pausing, repeating, giving people time to answer, listening and being interested in what they have to say before you say what you want to say next. I think that's key. People go from step A, step B, step C, step D, forgetting what the person said. I don't ever do that. I wait and make sure they're complete, ask enough questions and go, okay, so do you feel complete about that? Great. Let's go to another topic. And that's mojo. That, that's, I think in any relationship, that's how it, it could or should be. Yeah, and there's so many parallels between uh, relationships with customers and relationships with everyone else in your life. Right? And, that, and that's important to remember sometimes. This is another human relationship. A story that you I've heard you tell that I'd really like to hear you recount here is uh, is your story about your experience in India with the Dalai Lama, um, you know, especially with respect to um, uh, how you recommend listening and acting to your to your physical hunches. Would you, <laughs> would you, you tell us that story and, uh, and, and fill us in on that? Sure. Well, I was. Um... Before I started this career, I was planning to move to Hawaii. I was living in San Francisco area where I am now. And I uh, thought, well, what can I do? You know, I, I need to uh, 
do something really different before I just hop from the Bay Area and drop in the, the sales career and then going into writing books and living on an, an island and, and coaching there. And uh, I decided I would take a trip somewhere really crazy, you know. But again, I took some time with that. I listened and I kept hearing India. Now, my mind said, India alone, are you crazy? It's, 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 it's this, it's that, it's, it's, it's dangerous, it's not dangerous, it's, you know, too many people, what are you doing? But somewhere in my body, again, because I trusted, I just kept feeling and hearing, go to India, go to India, okay? So I go to India, <laughs> I pick a city, and uh, I find myself a room, and the next day, uh, I just kind of followed a hunch and just started walking and seeing what was around. And uh, I saw a group of people and uh, they, I said, hey, what, what's going on? And they said, well, he doesn't come here often, but the Dalai Lama is going to be uh, at so-and-so. And, -so. and uh, somebody offered me a, a, a ride. And all of a sudden, I'm in this field before anything started, and I see a bunch of men in these uh, purple robes, and inside is the Dalai Lama. And the Dalai Lama pointed at me and kind of laughed, like, eh, yeah, I thought you were gonna come, I don't know what he was thinking, but, and he had a tremendous message about be, being authentic, being yourself, you know, following your, your inner spiritual self. And that was my first day in India, Steve. So that really taught me. After that, I said, okay, Steve, you're going to listen. You're going to follow your hunches. And you're going to take some risks. Because if the first day you go to this wild foreign place, not knowing what was there, and <laughs> your first day walking, you follow an instinct. And then somebody says like this, and rather than being afraid, I went, all right, well, what, what, what can I lose? And he says, seriously. He didn't speak English, but he said, Dalai Lama. And I said, Dalai Lama? Dalai Lama. So I followed him, and I met the Dalai Lama. First day in India. There you go. And <laughs> how, can, how can field salespeople use this, uh, this knowledge about physical hunches in, in their careers? Well, again, I, I think you have to really know that you're, you're – you have whole body intelligence, name of my book, name of my work, my website, because don't just go with the mental, I'm too small, my product isn't good enough, will I, will I, who they, what? Stop all those questions and listen. Is this a customer that can use your service? Is this a customer that will benefit from what you have? Do you offer value? Ask those questions of yourself and notice you have a body that can give you answers. It's not just in your head. Many times I said, wow, something's, something's off. Something's off. What is that? Is it because I've heard from others that that company is too big? Don't approach them. Is it because maybe I don't have the right product? Um, is it because so many people said there are too many books in the marketplace? Who needs another one? And then I would get the answer, like that's, that's fear, or that's something from my past, or that's me being influenced by her fear or his fear versus what I want to do. I wanted to go to India. A lot of people said, you're crazy. 
just go to Maui. What do you need to go to such a crazy place for? It's dangerous. It's this, it's that. I went, I don't know. I'm just getting a hunch. Same thing in sales. How can you go to that big company that has all of those machines and expect to get yours in there? I went, I have a hunch that I'm going to meet somebody there and I'm going to connect. And I never said no. I just went from door to door to company to company as I became a manager to bigger companies and so forth. And it paid off. But I noticed and still notice how limiting, Steve, people in sales keep themselves because of their belief systems. They just won't listen to the possibility that you might meet somebody there. Maybe they'll say no, but they'll turn you on to somebody else. Really listen before you say no and listen to those gut hunches, especially when you're in front of the customer. If you're feeling something in your body, be aware of it because that's where I think salespeople and where I taught salespeople miss it the most. They just kept talking, didn't listen, and they weren't aware of all these signals they were sending. And they wondered, why didn't I get the deal? And I go, did you notice how you were speaking too fast? Did you notice you didn't let that person answer? Did you notice your head was down a lot and you were hunched? I think that's why you didn't get the sale. And they go, wow. You mean I have something to do with it? I said, yeah, it's not just your product. It's how you present yourself, how people feel around you. If you're going to be in, in sales, not just a one-time sale, it's a relationship. And they're not going to want to have you as the person. They're not going to trust that you'll service them. They're not, you're too fast or you're off to the next customer. They'll feel that. They want to be held and important. They want to feel like they're the most important person. So when they call you, you respond. And I tell you, that was my gift to them. Anybody that bought from me, they always got a call back the same day and somebody out there by the next day to fix the problem. I, I, if you're going to sell, you've got a service as well. Absolutely. Um, well, that's a great segue into our, our next section, sales in 60 seconds. So quick questions, quick answers. Um, tell me, what factors do you think hold salespeople back from connecting with their body? I feel like you, you really need to do something, whether it's meditation, yoga, exercise, sports. I feel like a lot of salespeople work from day to night. And they don't realize that there's a lot of stress being built up. And uh, it, it really makes a difference if you're a relaxed person, if you're in your whole body. We've talked about that the whole time, the different signals you get, the different information you'll get, and how you'll present yourself to people. I think that's key. And are there any challenges to maintenance of the whole body intelligence? I think the challenges are that we forget and that we might move too fast, but there's no challenge to learn how to breathe properly. There's not only in my books, but many classes and many videos and so forth. Again, just remember this. When you're breathing up here, you're in your sympathetic nervous system. You're tense. You're not relaxed. When you're down here and you're talking to a customer and you're quietly breathing in your belly, you're in your parasympathetic nervous system. You're more relaxed. So uh, other blocks would be, again, the different beliefs that you build and carry and into a sale. And I think that the main thing is really study your product. Really study the benefits and the features and learn how to express them briefly in a valuable way to someone. 
How's it going to help you? If you can do that, your sales are going to go up. I mean, I was not a salesperson necessarily when I got into sales, but I had been into psychology and exercise and uh, awareness, and, and I brought that into my sales career. And that's where I rose pretty quickly uh, because that became as important as what I was selling. What would you say is one daily habit that salespeople should try out if they wanted to lower their stress levels in their life? I would advise you, because I've mentioned it several times, seriously, take some deep breaths throughout the day, through your nose, fill up your belly, and just let your jaw relax. There's a lot of tension in our jaw. Like... It will immediately relax your nervous system. It relaxes you. And then you're better equipped to go in there and, and speak. So I always tell people, breathe, body language. Breathe, body language. Exercise. Do those three things. Be aware of your body. Do a lot of deep breathing and exercise. Even I got some of the salespeople to walk at lunch because just sitting and eating and getting on the phone, I don't think was as effective. Get outside, take a walk, and they would come back and go, wow, it's almost like their day is restarting versus exhausted. Mm -hmm. um, as an actionable takeaway, what should the field salespeople listening today do as a first step to getting started on uh, improving their whole body intelligence? Well, I think the first thing to do is remember you're in a body, and, and like I said, that's part of your presentation as much as anything. Secondly, join something. I always went to the gym every day. The five days I was selling, I always stopped off somewhere uh, and did a half hour of exercise, even like took a steam in a shower and then I got back out on the street. I felt like it was a new day. Um, do exercises, do things in your body, meditation, whatever you can do to keep you as a more relaxed um, happier person, uh, better relationships, better communication. I think that's the key. You know, stay, do some exercise every day. And if you can, and I don't know what your job's like, get outside, take a walk, um, find a place in your office to do some stretching. Uh, you're going to feel like it's a fresh moment. And I think that's what salespeople uh, lose by their sixth hour or, you know, when I was in sales, Steve, when I started, we had to make 100 calls every Monday, 100 phone calls so we could set up our week. And I watched people, because I was already into yoga and exercise. Oh, man, by the 50th call, they were burnt. But no, man, every 25 calls, I took a walk. You know, every so often, I would stop the calls because it was just too much. Reboot, 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 and then come back and make the next 25. And I feel like I was more effective that way. Absolutely. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. <laughs> um, so I'm going to try to summarize all the things we've talked about today. Thank and, you. you know, obviously, you've given a ton of, of valuable information here, so um, but I'll try to fly through it here for all the folks on the road. Um, so Steve's rebooting technique is something that you can do to help you prepare for your sales call. And the steps to do Steve's rebooting technique are first, make a commitment. 
you make a commitment to place your attention on the prospect or customer. Second is breathe. People want to feel comfortable with you, so make sure you're relaxed. Maybe before you go in the meeting or while you're waiting in the waiting room, um, take take deep a few deep uh, belly breaths. Just uh, and 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 then three scan your body while you're doing that and pay attention if you're tensed up or if you're slumped over or um, doing fidgeting, whatever, uh, and, and, and develop that habit of scanning your body and being aware of yourself so that you'll present better, um, speak better, and, uh, and, and people will and, and kind of have, have a better uh, presence when you're, when you're giving presentations or in a sales call. Uh, fourth step is declare. So you declare to yourself what you're feeling or noticing. Like, oh, I'm noticing that my, I'm fidgeting here. Oh, I'm, I'm noticing that I'm breathing shallowly or, or, or whatever, but declare it to yourself so you, 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 you know, you're, you're aware of it. And then fifth step is take action. So take, take action on the thing that you've declared. So stop shaking your leg and take a deep breath or, or uh, you know, uncross your legs, sit up straight, etc. Uh, six is visualize. So you want to visualize how you will connect with your prospects and customers before the meeting. So visualize success, visualize them listening to you, visualize you communicating the value of your solution, etc. Seven, prepare and relax so that you can be ready for the meeting and you enter calmly and, and, uh, and in, a, in a good physical and mental space. Uh, BQ is body intelligence. Your body has intelligence just like your brain and it remembers past experiences that will show up in your body. So you've got to pay attention to your body so that you can feel tight in the, the chest or if you're breathing shallowly, you can, you can identify that you're doing it learn and, and figure out why and, and learn from it so that you can address it and sell better. And sometimes it can be a momentary thing. Sometimes it can be a, a longer term thing. It can be a, a viral belief and you want to you want to target viral beliefs and see how you can can overcome them or combat them. Uh, you, you, for example, you don't want to think that just because you got rejected from this type of prospect once that you always want to shy away from that type of prospect. Um, it's it's kind of a, a thing that we do as people as we you know we uh, we we learn from examples, but sometimes those examples can just you know be too small of a sample set. And, uh, and, and so you kind of learn something that's, but it's incorrect. You know, a lot of biases are, are based in this way we, we think about the world. Um, you want to have vital beliefs instead of viral beliefs. So vital beliefs, uh, a vital belief would be that, that you will be able to sell this to a prospect. You will be able to succeed. So um, you want to kind of turn those viral beliefs on their head. SET is a technique that stands for a self-evident truth. Um, and so you wanna take a moment and think, uh, and, and think, is what I'm saying true for me? So you wanna make sure you're, you're, you're speaking the truth and you believe in what you're doing. Um, do you believe what you're telling your prospects? Because uh, if, you, if you really believe it, then you're, you're, that shows through in your confidence, that sh shows through in the way that you're that you're uh, presenting 
and it, that builds trust and makes you makes you more successful in, in these in these situations. Now, if you if you aren't in a situation where you can really believe in what you're saying because truly, like you know, you're you're selling a piece of junk, then I would recommend start selling a new thing because there's so much stuff out there to to sell and so many companies to be involved in that have great prospects or, or, or great great products rather, and uh, and, and it's really better to be selling one of those. Um, good relationship mojo we talked about. Uh, that's where there's there's good equal two-way communication. Uh, as a salesperson, you have to make sure you listen, that you pause, and that you show interest in what a prospect is saying during each of your conversations to have that good relationship mojo, that back and forth. Uh, Steve, this has been so useful and valuable. Where can our listeners read more about your work where can they reach out to you um, if, if they want if they want more steve siskel thank you well they can go to website um, wholebodyintelligence.com or steve siskold s-i-s-g-o-l-d.com to my website they can get some books uh, at the library or they can get them on amazon what's your body telling you and whole body intelligence and I just want to say what you just demonstrated, Steve, the way you fed back <laughs> what I did, that's what we're talking about in a nutshell. You heard, you listened, you took notes, you fed back. That's the kind of sales I'm talking about right there. <laughs> well, once upon a time, I was a sales guy, you know. <laughs> now I just play one on TV. But, uh, but, once, no, once but you demonstrated exactly what we've talked about this whole interview. Oh, thanks. I appreciate that. Absolutely. That's all well, it takes. Well, this has been a, a fantastic episode of, uh, of Outside Sales Talk. Steve, I really appreciate you coming on the show. If any of our listeners can, can think of a, a rep on their team or, or a, a rep that they're friends with that would benefit from, uh, from learning about the stuff that Steve's taught us about relaxation and, and, uh, and, our, and, our, and being in our bodies, then uh, definitely forward this episode on to them. Um, and Steve, I really appreciate you being here and, and take care till, till next time, everybody. Thank you, Steve. <laughs> <laughs>